Welcome into another edition of Queued Up. It is Friday, March 24th, 2023. So excited to have you in here on this beautiful Friday, wherever you are, however you're listening. I always do appreciate the support. As always, there is a ton to talk about the NCAA tournament. Starting to wrap up, we're getting into the Elite Eight, still finishing up the Sweet 16 tonight with four more games. We're going to talk about the games from last night, and then also the Jets making some moves, but not the moves that you're expecting, or the typical Jets fan was expecting. Maybe by this point, Aaron Rodgers would be on the Jets, but that is not the case. Elijah Moore actually traded for a second-round pick, the Jets trading him to the Cleveland Browns, and that was pretty surprising for me. Um, I'll talk about that. And then, of course, you have the Knicks. They're on a tailspin right now. The Nets also, they've lost five in a row, but the Knicks with Julius Randle getting a technical last night, arguing with the officials, something that he's been doing a lot this season, and then quickly getting in his face. So Randall and quickly with a little bit of some tension. And then, of course, the season for Major League Baseball right around the corner. I will finish up with that. And it looks like Anthony Volpe will be the starting shortstop for the New York Yankees, something that I know a lot of Yankees fans are really excited about. But first things first, let's get into the NCAA tournament. Last night, it was... There were three really good games that went on. Started with Kansas State and Michigan State. That game going into overtime. Kansas State edging out Michigan State. And I'll tell you, I thought Michigan State was going to win that game. They looked like the better team to me. But Kansas State, they they just have better players. And they showed out. They played really well. Uh, that small point guard is very good. I think his name is Marquise Noel. He played extremely well. I think he had 18 assists. I mean, these games here in the Sweet 16 have been fantastic, except for this UConn game. UConn, they were up by 30 at one point, and uh, they ended up just coasting to an easy win against Arkansas. But now they're going to play Gonzaga, and Gonzaga, they had a really good game last night against UCLA. They were down by 13 in the first half. They gave up 46, think about this, they gave up 46 points in the first half, and then there was a point in the second half where Gonzaga did not let up a made field goal from UCLA for over 10 and a half minutes. Think about that. So UCLA goes from scoring almost 50 points in the first half to not even scoring in 10 and a half minutes. I think they scored um, a free throw or two free throws in that 10 and a half stretch. That is it. I mean, that is just an amazing turnaround, terrific adjustments made by Mark Few and that entire Gonzaga coaching staff. The players were fantastic. I liked Gonzaga going into that matchup. UCLA was just too shorthanded for me. They lost their all-star defender for the entire season just before the uh, Pac-12 tournament started, so I thought that was a huge loss for them. They've also lost a couple big men as well, so it was really tough for UCLA to go and beat Gonzaga, and it looked like they were going to. They were up by 13, and I thought that UCLA was going to coast, but you can never count out Gonzaga, and we saw this with UCLA in that round of 32 matchup. They were up huge against Northwestern. Northwestern, obviously, not as good of a team as Gonzaga is, but Northwestern came back and they made it a really close game. UCLA actually really needed to gut it out in the end, and they and they did, luckily for them, but they just could not keep the lead against Gonzaga. Gonzaga, the Bulldogs were actually up by 
10 points in the second half. Give credit to UCLA. They came back. They actually took the lead. A huge three made by that lefty shooter. I forgot his name, but it looked like UCLA was going to eke it out for the win. But then Gonzaga, they actually called it the Jay Wright play, where they gave it to Julian Strother, and he shot it from the logo. If you have not seen this play, I encourage you to go look it up on YouTube. It is just amazing. And you know what? If that shot doesn't go in, Mark Few is getting ridiculed this morning. If that shot is not in by Julian Strother, he took that from the logo. And keep in mind, Gonzaga was only down by one at this point. Only down by one point. All you needed to do was run a pick and roll with Drew Timmy. There were still 12 seconds on the clock. Still plenty of time to run a play for your all Pac-12, All-American power forward, who, by the way, had 38 points in that game. So it wouldn't have been a bad idea to go with the hot hand, but they ended up going with Strother, and he pulls up from the logo and drills it. And you know what? If that shot doesn't go in, Few is just getting absolutely killed this morning, and it's a terrible shot. But it went in, so no one cares. UCLA had a chance with like four seconds left, and Tyson Campbell missed it, or Tiger Campbell missed it, and Gonzaga ended up moving on. So that's a huge game. Gonzaga will now play UConn in one of the most anticipated games in the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament. In my opinion, I think that's going to be a heck of a game, high-scoring game. I am still undecided about who I'm going to take. I think what I'm going to do, I am a huge basketball fan, especially college basketball fan. I'm just not even going to pick a side, I think. I'm just going to go in, watch this game, and just root for great basketball because that is what it's going to be. Um, Another big story from the Sweet 16, FAU actually took down Tennessee, a huge 9-verse-4 matchup. Tennessee was up in the first half, and I think they were up by as much as 8 or 9 in the first half, and even the second half. But FAU, they hung in it, and they came back, and they won. Probably one of the best stories of the tournament. I wouldn't say the best, because Princeton, being a 15 seed, being in the round of 16, that's pretty impressive too, so... I would probably give the upper hand to Princeton, but FAU, no one saw that coming. I mean, who would have said that FAU was going to knock off the teams that they're doing and be in the Elite Eight? I don't think anyone would have said that. So pick FAU, pick Princeton, doesn't matter. Two really good stories, and we got some. We got four really good games tonight. I mentioned that Princeton game. They're playing Creighton. And how about the Big East representation in this, in this tournament? You have Creighton, you have Xavier, and then you have UConn. Last night, moving on, so now UConn definitely is in the Elite Eight. Creighton should knock off Princeton, and of course we said that for the first two matchups that Princeton has played, and Princeton was able to beat them. So I don't know. Um, I personally do think Creighton will win, and that would put at least 25% of the teams in the Elite Eight at Big East. And Xavier, they could knock off Texas tonight. I think Texas, for my money, is the best team in the tournament overall. But Xavier, the way that they've been playing, especially over the past game and a half, I think they can certainly knock off Texas. So that would be three Big East teams in the Elite Eight. Certainly really good for the Big East, certainly really good for negotiating. Um, but that is, that's really good for the entire conference. Alabama and San Diego State University will kick us off tonight. Taking Alabama, Alabama obviously a huge favorite, a big favorite going into the tournament. So it's no surprise that a lot of people are on Bama. They're playing really well. The only concern I have for Alabama is that their all-star, their 
Uh, their lottery pick, Brandon Miller, he's actually dealing with a little bit of an injury. I think it's a groin injury, so he's not 100%. Nate Oates said that in the last game. He has still said that Miller is not 100%, but in the second half, Miller looked fine. So I'm not buying that he's not 100%. Maybe he's not 100%, but he's 98%. I don't think the groin is really going to be a problem. I think I think Alabama is going to roll against SDSU. The next game is the most intriguing matchup for me because it's Miami against Houston. Houston is actually a huge favorite tonight, and I don't get why. Houston has not played well in the tournament, and Miami has played well. I think Miami, a lot of people thought they were going to get to the Final Four this year. I was one of those people. I think Miami will beat Houston. I think Houston is a little bit of a paper giant, and Miami can certainly beat them. So don't be surprised if Miami knocks off Houston and they are in the Elite Eight. We just talked about Princeton Creighton. I think Creighton is going to win. And then Xavier, Texas, I said it at the beginning of the tournament. I'll say it again. I think Texas is the best. They have the best big man. They have the best um, guards in the country. They have Serge Abari Rice coming off the bench and him playing extremely well right now. All I know is that these are going to be some really good games going on this evening. Now, if there was a huge shakeup in the Big East, Rick Pitino going to St. John's. Great move for St. John's, in my opinion. Rick Pitino spent the last three years with Iona. He did a really good job getting Iona to the NCAA tournament, I think in all three years that Rick Pitino was there. So he got Iona back on the map to the NCAA tournament, and now he goes to St. John's. He's 70 years old, so he doesn't have too much left in the tank, but he certainly brings a lot of energy, and he knows basketball. He wins everywhere he goes, and I think for St. John's, a program like them, who have missed out on the NCAA tournament the last handful of years. Their program has been a little down as of late. I think Rick Pitino will go a long way to help that program get back and help New York City basketball get back on the map. As for another shakeup in the Big East, Ed Cooley going from Providence to Georgetown. It was kind of rumored that he was going to do that over the past couple weeks, and finally it was announced. So Cooley going to Georgetown, taking more money there, getting a new opportunity with them. He said he wanted a change from Providence, and it seemed like Cooley was going to be here for a lifetime. Providence signed him to a couple of quote-unquote lifetime contracts to remain as the head coach. And what he's done with this program since he's been here has been certainly remarkable. Before he got here, Providence wasn't getting to a lot of NCAA tournaments. Now they are getting to some NCAA tournaments, and they're on the map as a program. They are regarded as one of the best basketball programs in the country, and Ed Cooley deserves a lot of credit for that, but a lot of Providence Friar fans are angry. They're disappointed in Ed Cooley, and I am just so excited for this game coming up next year. Georgetown, Providence, at the Amp, it's going to be absolutely off the walls. Tickets are going to be skyrocketing. And I am just all for seeing what this Providence faithful is going to have in store for Ed Cooley. Maybe um, in a few months they you know, get over it and they forgive Ed Cooley. Or, on the other hand, they just get more angry and take it out on Ed Cooley and really give him the wrath of the Friar faithful. And we all know that crowd in the amp, full house. I mean, it is one of the best atmospheres in the country. So Georgetown, Providence next year, you just got to circle it on the map, even though we don't know when it's going to be. Season schedule comes out 
sometime in the next few months, probably late summer, I would say. But man, that is going to be a heck of a matchup. Providence didn't waste any time. They went after Kim English from George Mason. He is now the head coach for Providence men's basketball. So congratulations to him. He was held in high regard by Rick Barnes, who he coached under, and the, the athletic director here for Providence College, Steve Napolillo. He respects Rick Barnes. He called Rick Barnes up, and Barnes gave English a ringing recommendation. So after that, they called him up, and English didn't take long for him to be the head coach for Providence. So a new era in Friar basketball starts now. So congratulations to English. Congratulations to Friar men's basketball. They got their young head coach. He's only 38 years old, so... Hopefully he'll be here for a while and he'll be a huge part of the success of this program for years to come. Let's move on to another pretty big story that happened a couple days ago, and that was the Jets trading Elijah Moore to the Cleveland Browns in exchange for a second round pick. The Jets also parting with an additional third round pick. And at the time, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, whatever. But then I started to really think about it and I was like, why the heck did the Jets do this? Like, why would they trade Elijah Moore knowing that they're going to get Aaron Rodgers at some point? And the huge complaint that Aaron Rodgers had last year with the Green Bay Packers was that they did not have enough weapons. What have the Packers done for Aaron Rodgers over the past three years to help get weapons around him? And the answer is not a lot. And now the Jets take the second best offensive weapon that they have, and they trade him for a second round pick. I just did not get the move. I thought Elijah Moore really came on strong at the end of last year, and I thought the Jets and him got over the little controversy they had in the midseason, and I thought that whole feud he had with the offensive coordinator who is now in L.A., I thought that was all over. I thought the Jets were past that. I thought Elijah Moore was past that. I thought he was fully on board with what the Jets were doing, but obviously not. Obviously, it took Joe Douglas, who drafted Elijah Moore, to trade him. Like, there was something that we don't know behind the scenes. That's what I'm saying. Or the Jets are taking that second round pick and they are going to use it to trade for Aaron Rodgers because Joe Douglas is not comfortable trading a first-round pick to get him. So those are the only two options that I have. Either Elijah Moore and the Jets behind the scenes weren't getting along, or the Jets are taking that second-round pick and they're going to use it to try and get Aaron Rodgers because they don't want to give up a first-round pick. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, why not keep Elijah Moore and just trade the first-round pick? Like, if you get Rodgers, that first-round pick will probably be a low first round pick probably 27 28 hopefully 32 if they win the Super Bowl but probably 28 29 that first round pick will basically be a second round pick when it's all said and done so I just don't get it I would rather keep Elijah Moore and trade the first round pick to get Rodgers that's it so now they traded more they're probably going to trade that second round pick to get Rodgers here, and the fact that Aaron Rodgers is not on the Jets yet is just mind-boggling to me. Like, what the what are the Packers thinking? Like, who do they think they are? Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be on the Packers anymore. The Packers don't want Rodgers anymore. Jordan Love is already holding off-season workouts with his wide receivers, knowing he's going to be quarterback one. I don't get it. 
I really don't get it, and it's just really blasphemy that Rodgers is not on the Jets right now. But the Jets kind of stunned some people, trading Elijah Moore for that second-round pick. They did sign Nicole Hardman, the former Chiefs wideout, so they replaced him with Hardman. They also signed Alan Lazard last week. They still have Garrett Wilson. They still have Corey Davis, I think. Davis might be a cap casualty later on in the offseason, but for now, Corey Davis is on the Jets. They're talking with Odell Beckham. I don't know how that's going to go. It's probably going to be for one year, if that, if he does get on the Jets, because let's face it, as soon as Aaron Rodgers leaves, Odell Beckham will leave. There's no way Beckham is staying here with Zach Wilson. Not a chance. But hopefully next week we'll have some closure on this entire situation and the Packers do not hold Rodgers hostage until the NFL draft because that would just be awful. Like, you're not doing anybody any good by holding him until the draft. Everyone thinks that the draft is the deadline. And after that, I just don't even know. My, I'm throwing my hands up right now. I don't know what it's going to take the Jets to get Aaron Rodgers here. But we do know that Rodgers does want to be a part of this Jets team. And the Packers don't want Rodgers anymore. So just trade him. You have no leverage at all. Getting down to the last few minutes here of Queued Up. Quinton Pelzel with you. I want to talk a little bit about the Knicks. I'll spend about a minute on them. They lost last night. They have now lost three games in a row on an obvious tailspin right now after winning three games in a row. So looked like they were going to go into the end of this season playing really good basketball, but now they've lost three straight winnable games. They lost to the Timberwolves. They lost to the Heat. They lost to the Magic, and they are now in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. The Heat are in sixth place. So the Knicks right now, if the playoffs started today, with seven games left to go, and it looks like this will probably be the first-round matchup. It'll be the Knicks against the Cavaliers. The Knicks, as it stands right now, five games back with seven games to go. There is no way they're going to get home court advantage for that first round, but that's okay. You're playing the Cavaliers, and you're not playing the Sixers. You're not playing the Celtics. You're not playing the Milwaukee Bucks. You're playing the Cavaliers. You can definitely get out of that first round, but what Julius Randle did last night, arguing with the officials, getting a tech, hurting the team, and then quickly... Kudos to Quickly. I love what Quickly did. He went up to Randall and said, you can't be doing that. You got to stop. And Randall took it out on Quickly, and they got into a little bit of a heated argument on TV. Cameras saw it. Everybody saw it. And it's just a bad look for this team, and that can't be happening. Hopefully, they got it sorted out in the locker room. But that is something, as we get towards the postseason here, that cannot be happening. This team has to be clicking on all cylinders, and Randall can't be going bonkers off the rails like he's been doing. So hopefully they get it straightened out. That's something that Tom Thibodeau and Jalen Brunson, hopefully with his leadership, he'll get that sorted out too. But we'll see. The Nets not doing well either. They've lost five in a row, so the future of New York basketball over the next couple weeks, very much up in the air. As for Major League Baseball, the season right around the corner, a week from yesterday is when the Mets start. The Yankees start on that date as well. On Monday, I'll do a season preview of the AL and NL standings, how I think that's going to go, World Series winner, all of that jazz coming up on Monday with the season right around the corner. So excited for that. Enjoy NCAA tonight. Enjoy the Elite Eight tonight. And I will be back on Monday to recap everything that happened this weekend and much more when I talk to you then. Have a great day, everybody. 
I will see you on Monday.